for all of us, I just pray that God will give us personal revelation when it comes to financial faithfulness. When you have your personal revelation, nobody has to tell you what to do. And nobody has to even force you to do something. But you will know exactly what to do. And when God puts finances in your hands, you do the right thing. Last Sunday, we looked at the man Abraham. And we said he was a tither. And um, we said that he met Melchizedek. And he gave him the tithe of all. And we said that Melchizedek was the king of Salem. So Abraham gave tithe to the king of Salem. The king of righteousness and the king of peace. And you and I are worshippers, not of Melchizedek, but of Jesus Christ, who is the king of righteousness, the lord of lords, and the king of kings. So if Abraham met Melchizedek, who was a tithe of Christ, and gave him the tithe of all, if you are dealing with the greater than Melchizedek, and you are giving him 10%, you shouldn't be crying. In fact, ideally, you should even grow to the point where if your Melchizedek, your king of kings, wants you to even give him 20%, 30%, 100%, you will not argue with him. Because Melchizedek dealt with the... with Sorry, um, Abraham dealt with Melchizedek, but you are dealing with Jesus Christ. Then, Melchizedek met Abraham with bread. The Jesus you are worshipping is the bread of life. And he also feeds you with the bread of the word of God. So if Abraham was dealing with 10% and you really have real revelation, 10% will not be a point of argument. In fact, I, I believe that spiritually, if you are deep enough, you will not be arguing you, the argue about, argument about tight. You will not be following that kind of argument. And then Melchizedek came to meet um, Abraham with wine. In your case, Jesus Christ gave you the Holy Spirit. So in the New Testament, if you are dealing with the Holy Spirit, you should not be arguing about 10%. Then the Bible said he blessed him. And Jesus Christ has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. So again, if Abraham was tightened, who received blessing from Melchizedek and you are giving based on God blessing you, it shouldn't be a struggle for you. And the Bible also said that he, he, God delivered his enemies into his hands. In your case, Jesus also gave you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by enemies hurt you. So if Abraham received that level of victory from God and was given 10% of what he had to Melchizedek, with the level of victory you have in God, you should not be struggling. I pray that this month, any financial struggle you have, may the Lord take you out of it. May God bless you so much that giving will not become a struggle. Now, when you see giving has become a struggle, it means there are two problems. There is either a financial deficiency or character deficiency. And that's because there are times somebody is character 
sufficient. Character-wise, the person is blessed. But financially, he has problems. And because of the financial problems, he will be looking for all Bible verses that can tell him he shouldn't give. And then other people too, the finances are good, but the character, they have the finances, but they, they have a character problem. And because of the character problem, they don't even see what they should give. So we looked at Abraham. And today I want us to look at Jacob's example. With God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. We want to, want to look at Jacob's example. Jacob's example. Jacob was a man that went into the presence of his father and then he took a blessing from the father. A blessing that was supposed to belong to his brother Esau. Jacob took the blessing and when he took that blessing, his brother Esau was waiting and saying that the day our father dies, I will kill my brother. And Rebecca, the very good woman, called Jacob. And uh, you know, um, Rebecca and Jacob used to plan a lot of dangerous things together. So when they were trying to kill him, he called the same woman, called him and said, Hey, bro, your brother wants to kill you. So get up and run and go to my brother, Laban in Haran, and hide there. When your brother's anger subsides, then you come back home. So Jacob got up and ran. And um, when he went there, the Bible said as he went, he got to a certain place that used to be called Luz. And he stayed in that place in the night. The Bible said he had a dream. And when he had that dream, the Bible said that he saw a ladder whose top was reaching out into heaven. And he saw angels ascending and descending from that ladder. God stood on the top of that ladder and spoke to Jacob and said, Jacob, I will give you this land to possess it. This land on which you are lying is yours. You will possess this land. And uh, I am the Lord God of Abraham, your father, and the God of Isaac, the land wherein thou liest. To thee will I give it and to your seed. Today I read this scripture again and again and again. The land on which you are lying, I will give you this land and to your seed. And I prophesy on you this church. We have a problem in the upper east region. In the upper west region, in the northern region, and in Ghana, where people are not able to pass their blessing, their riches, their inheritance onto their children. Either the parents will lose it before their time, or the children will die, or some of the children become hopeless. They don't have the smartness of their father. They don't have the God-fearing spirit of their father. And anything their father even leaves behind for them, they will waste it. So their fathers and their mothers have the land, but the ability to pass it on to the next generation, they don't have it. So I prophesy and declare on your life that as for you, the land in which you dwell now, the land in which you are prospering now, May God give you this land and give it to your seed. May God give it to you and give it to your seed. And he continued 
and spoke to the man, the, 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 the preacher. Continue with me. Continue with me. Verse 14. And thy seed shall be as the dust of the earth. And thou shalt spread abroad to the west and to the east and to the north and to the south. And in thee and thy seed shall all the families of the earth be blessed. Remember, he said, in you and your seed. Any blessing you are receiving today, may it apply to you and to your seed. Receive health for yourself and your seed. Righteousness for yourself and your seed. Prosperity for yourself and your seed. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, receive it for yourself and your seed. Whatever you are receiving today is the same thing your seed will receive. Receive righteousness for yourself and your seed. Wisdom for yourself and your seed. The land for yourself and your seed. Said I'll give it to you and to your seed. And behold I am with you. And I will keep you in all places whither thou goest. And I will bring you again into this land. For I will not leave you until I, I have done that which I have spoken to thee of. When he spoke these words to the man of God, the Bible said in the verse number 18, jump to verse 18. As soon as God finished speaking, the man of God said, Jacob rose up early in the morning and took the stone that he had put for his pillows and set it up for a pillar and poured oil upon the top of it. Verse number 19. And he called upon, he called the name of that place Bethel. But the name of that city was called Los at the first. Verse number 20. And Jacob vowed a vow saying, If God will be with me. God had told him, I will be with you. And I will do this, and I will do this, and I will do this, and I will do this. And the man of God got up and responded. Everybody say responded. Come on, shout the response. I want you to say proportionate response. And I want you to say appropriate response. Now, looking at all that God has said from Genesis 28. We started reading from around the verse number, is it verse 10? We started reading from around verse 10. And Jacob went from Beersheba and went towards Haran. He alighted upon the place he dreamed. And from verse 13, and behold, the Lord stood above it. And the Lord said, I am the God of Abraham, your father. And the God of Isaac, the land wherein thou liest, I will give unto thee and to thy seed. I have never one, never have I met a preacher anywhere or Christian who says these promises are Mosaic law or Old Testament. When I said he will give the seed, the land to you and your seed, you shouted amen. I will bless you, I will be with you and bring you back to the land. You said amen. My problem is why, why do we go for only the tithe in this whole context and start shouting Old Testament? So God giving you the land is not Old Testament. To your seed is not Old Testament. 
I will bless you. It's not Old Testament. All of them, you are shouting, Amen, 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 Amen. And then he said, And of all that you give to me, we say, Amen. Then when he said, I will give you the tenth, we shout, Old Testament. So only the tenth, can you imagine that you have this whole text of scripture? And the only portion people grab to wrestle is the small part. And of all that thou givest me, even that one they don't wrestle because they are believing God to give to them. They take only that small portion. I'll give you the tenth. And they say, hey, Old Testament. Then some shout Mosaic Law. As for the Mosaic Law, it doesn't make sense because this was long before the Mosaic Law came into inception. But then they shout Old Testament now. So all the other things, they are not Old Testament. Only the tithe is Old Testament. But I'll show you very soon that everything that is happening here is New Testament. But then, after God has said all the things he said, I am the Lord God of Abraham, your father, and the God of Isaac, the land whereon thou liest, to thee will I give it unto your seed. Somebody shout an amen. Is this Old Testament or New Testament? Or both? Both. Who wants this one? Who likes this? Next verse, 15. 15. And behold, I am with you. So God is with only Old Testament people. How many of you believe it applies to you? Really? Wow. I like you. And I will keep you in all places without thou goest. How many of you believe it applies to you? Okay. And I will bring you again into the land. How many of you want to go to Kumasi and come back? Or, or you want to go to Kumasi and remain there? I will not leave you until I have done that which I have spoken of you. How many of you like this one? Oh, really? I thought it's Old Testament. And Jacob awaked out of his sleep. How many of you wake out of your sleep? Every time you finish dreaming. You are in New Testament, but you wake up. Huh? And he said, surely the Lord is in this place. And I knew it not. How many of you know God is in this place? Really? Okay. And I was afraid. How dreadful is this place? This is none other but the house of God. And this is the gate of heaven. How many of you know this is the house of God? Oh, how many of you know this is the house of God? Can we play cha-cha here? No. Why? Because it's the house of God. Can we start wrestling one another to the ground here? No, it is the house of God. So you also agree that this place is the house of God. And Jacob rose up early in the morning and took the stone of that place that he had put for a pillow and set it up for a pillar and poured oil upon the top of it. I will come to all that. Verse number 19. And he called the name of that place Bethel. But, but, but the name of the place at first was called Luz. Okay, verse number 20. And Jacob vowed a vow saying, If God will be with me and will keep me in the way that I go and will give me bread to eat and raiment to put on, verse number 21, so that I come again to my father's house in peace, then shall the Lord be my God, verse 21, and this stone which I have set up for a pillar shall be God's house, and of all that thou shalt give me, I will surely give the tent unto you. Now this whole expanse of text, 
we accept everything apart from verse 22b they call this one spiritual dishonesty and spiritual unfaithfulness now everything God told Jacob when Jacob got up there was a godly response you see tithe is not a commandment tithe is not a commandment tithing and offering is not a commandment I will tell you the truth I have never been commanded to tithe I don't tithe because the Bible said tithe. I don't give an offering because the Bible said give an offering. I don't. The reason I do it is because if you have a good heart, out of that good heart can only pro- proceed giving. If you are, listen, I have never seen a well giving water because somebody commanded the well to give water. Or, or you went and prophesied on the well. Buluga, Tarukona, Buluga. You don't tell Buluga to bring water. Buluga, well, is made by God to produce water. Some of us are created to be givers. Your life is a good life. Your heart is a good heart. And you can only give to God. And you know what, people? God has been so good to you that. After all that he promised Jacob, when Jacob got up in the morning, the only response to what God said would be to be a giver. It is a heart of gratitude, heart of thankfulness. When you are grateful, you give. When you are thankful, you give. When you are thankful, you don't struggle to be a giver. Last week I stood in the church here. And I said that tomorrow we are going to cook food for all the people who are 70 plus. We are going to cook some nice rice, some nice soup. How many of you were here when I said that? And then I had this pastor who visited us from Accra. He came in the evening to the house to come and say goodbye to me. And before he left, I prayed for him. When he got up to go, he said, Daddy, um, the food to the older people. When I get to Accra, I'm going to donate 3,000 Ghana cities towards that. And today, he sent the 3,000 Ghana cities. I didn't ask him. I didn't tell the church, bring any money. But out of the man's good heart. But there are some of us here, even if you were compelled, that 3,000, you won't give it. Even if you can give it, it will not even cross your mind because you are intrinsically ungenerous or non-generous. That is not you. You are not wired to be a giver. The people that are wired to be givers, they don't even think before they give. They are not commanded before they give. They don't need a Bible verse to give. Am I talking to somebody at all? So normally what I tell people is, stop arguing with people who argue about giving. You can never preach to this pillar to produce mango fruit. If you want, come and stand here tomorrow. Start shouting at this pillar. Mango, produce mango, produce mango. You will come back after one year, no mango tree will be here because this thing is not designed to produce mangoes. So there are some of us here. Spiritually, you are a barren tree. Spiritually, you are an unproductive tree. No sermon can turn you into a giver. No preaching can change you. No, that is you. 
And you are waiting for the day God will cut you down. And then burn you in the fire. And you will go and meet your maker. Some people are designed to be givers. The man just woke up and said, Hey! Mepani! Can you imagine you've stolen a blessing from your brother? Your brother is looking for you to kill you. You deserve to die. And God is now standing on a ladder and showing you mercy and saying, You, a fugitive, vagabond, somebody who deserves to die, I have given you the land. The man left his father's house, small house, and God is now, pre- pre- God is now presenting to him a land. You know what? I, I don't need a Bible verse to be a giver. Hey! Why will I need a Bible verse to be a giver? When I've got a brain that can remember that I was walking in Bogatanga. Mami King La Bola Zoo. Tapin aluminium. Koba before Genya Diadi. Diala Modade Zirai Mama to Karazir. I go to Bola to pick. Aluminium things, copper wires. One day I was di- driving with mommy on some part around the Boga market area. And I showed her, I said, Pearl, there used to be a man here. We used to come here and sell the aluminium. Hey. Then today, God uses me to build a church like this. And I'm waiting for Bible verse to be a giver. How bad is my memory? How bad is my brain I can remember where I'm coming from ladies and gentlemen if you remember where you are coming from you don't need to remember a Bible verse to be a giver you, you know so people say oh no they are using the Bible we are the ones that make people keep accusing preachers because the truth is that many preachers, when they are raising an offering, the Bible verses they use actually don't apply. And they don't really need those many Bible verses to convince any good person to be a giver. So Jacob got up and he said, I'm a grateful person. I'm a thankful person. So God, you said you will be with me, you will take me, you will bring me back in peace and blah, blah, blah. Go to the verse number 18. And I'm looking at the words that the man is speaking. He rose up early in the morning and took a stone that he had put uh, for his pillows and set it up for a pillar and poured oil upon the top of it. I know you like the pouring of oil, so I will not stay there long. Because as for oil, I don't need to convince you to bring bottles of oil to church. Because anytime I have said bring bottles of oil to church, some brought bottles, some brought drums, some brought gallows, some brought anchor of oil. Mm. One of the days, but one billion, a whole drum of oil. You see somebody, you see, you see the drum with engine oil. One day somebody will be rolling that one coming. As for oil, I don't need to convince you. We believe in oil. I'm telling you, all the oil carriers in this church, if they were titers, we would never need anything. Ask somebody sitting by you, are you a titer or oil carrier? <laughs> oh, come on, give a big clap of gratitude. 
Poured oil on the top of it. Verse 19. And he called the name of that place Bethel, but the name of that city was called Luz at the first. Verse 20. And Jacob vowed a vow, saying, The first thing I want you to take, I want you to take note of about nine things in the words that Jacob spoke to God. Number one is that he vowed a vow. Now I know that when you when you say when I say vow, I know some will say, Oh, but New Testament Christians don't vow. No, it's not true. You vow every time. Do you know that even the altar call is a kind of a vow? Father, in the name of Jesus, I give you my heart. Come into my heart and be my personal Lord and Savior. I repent of my sin. It's a vow. You go to Acts chapter 18 and verse number 18. And the Bible said, Paul got to a place called Sancria. And then he shaved his hair because he had a vow unto the Lord. We vow every day. When you give your life to Jesus and you say, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the message of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. If you say, Lord, I give myself unto God to be holy the rest of my life. It's a vow. When you stand at the altar during a wedding, don't you make vow? We are going to exchange vow. So you vow every day. That means when it comes to your tithe, your offering and things, there must be a vow on it. 